Hey, no name calling here. Just differing opinions going head to head. With Counterpoint. Here's Alex Pearson on Global News Radio. Well, I look a little bit like her, but not much. And uh, my voice is way deeper. Peter Sherman, not Alex Pearson. I'm here until next Friday. Good evening to you. It is 19 minutes after 8 o'clock on Global News Radio. And yes, indeed, it's Counterpoint Part 1. And on the panel tonight, Kim Wright, principal at Wright Strategies. Good to see you, Kim. Great to see you. All right. And uh, somebody who joins us for the first time, but who I've known in other lives. You get to be old enough, you know, in, in this life. You start to know everybody. So I know Kelly Harris, and Kelly is uh, principal at Harris Public Affairs, as well as a columnist and former director of legislative affairs for the Ontario PC Party. How are you doing, Kelly? Great, Peter. Great to see you again, and hello, Kim. Hello, Kelly. Because they're meeting each other for the first time, and I'm seeing... Oh, I feel like we've known each other a day or two. Well, we have, and (laughs) I've known Kelly for about (laughs) 10 years, I guess. Anyway, here we are. And uh, since you're both politicos, and and since from our former lives, Kelly, I know you from Queen's Park, let's go back to the way I started the show tonight uh, a couple of hours ago. So... I'm going to review it a little bit because a lot of people have come and gone in that period of time. That's the way radio works. Uh, the question I have is this, and I and I have taken a position that the answer to my question is yes. And the question is, is Doug Ford in the process of doing a reset without heralding it from the rooftops, without actually calling it a reset or doing anything other than announcing, and I'll give you some examples, the autism issue. Todd Smith is now in charge of it. It's being handled in quite a different way. There's been a huge increase in funding for that. It looks like they'll get it resolved with people who are uh, interested in addressing the needs of primarily their children, because that's what the autistic community is. The GO train improvements announced by the Minister of Transportation last week for people who are living in Niagara, Kitchener, Waterloo. Gas stations now being free of the threat of a $10,000 fine if they don't post the famous stickers that suggest the gas tax isn't fair. Class sizes not being appreciably changed in the coming year, only changed slightly, as announced in the last 24 hours by our relatively new education minister. Also on the education docket, sex ed curriculum having been reviewed, all of the consultations being done, apparently thousands of parents had input. You got anger on the side of the social conservatives, anger on the side of the liberals who said you never had a kill ours to begin with, but there are new things in it and it's being uh, put into play. And the only real changes to some of the controversial issues are that um, it's, it's being made more age appropriate. So it's being nudged a little bit. And one that I was reminded of by another panelist about half an hour ago, the blue box program being put where it belongs, which is in the hands of the manufacturers. All of these things over the course of the past four or five weeks, Without Doug Ford going out there and saying, guess what I'm doing? Promise made, promise none of that stuff. This stuff is just happening. And my theory, and I'm going to get you to shoot holes in it or say you're right, whatever you want, uh, whatever your opinion is. My theory is this is a reset and that we're seeing is a slower, more methodical approach. And that what we're going to get, if they keep going in this direction, is a reversal of that terrible downtrend that they experienced over the course of the last six months. Kim, what say you? Well, and add to that list, uh, we were expecting at the Association of Municipalities of Ontario conference some uh, real nudges towards where they were going to go in the regional government review, uh, which is 
for all of our listeners, uh, whether to amalgamate or not and how to change those service agreements. Uh, And those were pulled back. We're we're not seeing that until some time. You've got some funding announcements, which nobody thought were terrible or unexpected. Right. There there was definitely a slower roll. Let's do this a bit more methodically. I'm sure it has nothing to do with the premier getting booed at the Raptors parade a few months ago. But Uh look, at the end of the day, this is what they needed to do. Be more consultative. Be more deliberate. Stop picking fights with absolutely everything. And as I said to my friends, uh, some of my friends over at Queen's Park who work for the Conservative government, for God's sake, stop giving me things to talk about on talk radio. So, you know, they've done that and they're listening to that. Now, you know, I'm always a bit skeptical and uh, hoping that, you know, devil and details and all of that, where are we going to get if we're into a bit of a lulled false sense of security? But this is a government that went way too hard, way too fast, and had to keep reversing course. Hopefully, as they go into the fall legislative uh, calendar, they uh, they heed those those warnings. And frankly, the dreadful polling numbers that uh, that happened with them. But they were dreadful, or are dreadful. And continue to be. I'm not sure yeah. they've entirely cratered yet. Well, I, I don't know. But uh, I think that, uh, you know, my postulation that I offered earlier this evening was to the effect that if you keep doing these things this way, you will crater or you have cratered. Don't know which it is yet, but you will see another side and you can start climbing again. That's what I think is going to happen. Now, you're not a conservative. Kelly, who's joining the panel for the first time, is a conservative. And I think you and I can agree because I also go back to the same place and the same party. Um, but, But the opinion is yours. I think that it was what Kim describes. We're going to do everything, and we're going to show you how good we are by doing it really fast last year, and I don't think it worked. Or might it be that a new government, and this is not all that uncommon for a new government, their first year of a mandate, kicks every, kicks everybody's shins, kicks up all the dust, and then reassesses after a year to decide what worked, what didn't, and goes forward from that. We saw a massive cabinet shuffle unseen in Ontario in years. I mean... Uh, Dalton McGinty and Kathleen Wynne never touched their cabinets, no matter what they did wrong, except for the consumer services minister. Um, and now we've seen this massive turnover of a cabinet after a year of really going at breakneck speeds. Maybe it is exactly what was intended. Let's just see how far we can push this. And now they got to a point where they're saying, okay, this is where we need that to pump the brakes. That didn't work so well. Let's see what we can do. Yeah. Now we need to pump the brakes. And of course, you got the federal election coming up. And quite honestly, in about a week's time, nobody's going to give a damn what happens in Ontario. Um, personally, I'm, I'm actually going to be writing about this in uh, in, in one of my next columns. Um, I believe that a full reset needs to be done. I would like to see the government uh, prorogue, keep the legislation. So you actually go to the, the keep, to keep, a throne speech and create an agenda. Create an agenda, tie that to mandate letters, and actually, for the first time in this government have an actual program that that everybody knows about. And that way the stakeholders know what's going on, the ministers know what's expected of them, and the government knows, the, the bureaucrats know what's expected of them as well. I thought there was an issue right now about mandate letters uh, leaking into the public, Kim. A- absolutely. In fact, the, they tried to play a bit of... Can I just interrupt yes, for a second? Absolutely. Just for our listeners, yes. mandate letters are what the premier would write to each minister saying, here's what I expect of you as you take on this ministry. Here, so they, go ahead. Here, here are the things that we want you to accomplish as minister, here are the types of things we want you to do a reset. These are the types of things going forward we want you to be done. 
last year the when this government took office, uh, they tried to play a bit of gamesmanship by not making those mandate letters public, as many other governments have done, including uh, Premier Wynn. And she uh, and and he is now being taken to court uh, to get those uh, get those mandate letters. Released okay, so we, we now know that there are mandate letters and what's going on with them. Why don't you react to what uh, Kelly was just saying? If they presented us with the concept of a prorogation yep. and a throne speech, is that something that you think would go over with the population or would they react negatively? I think they need to, frankly, both for their own legislative agenda, but also because when they come back, it will be a week after the federal election. The world will have changed. The environment, regardless of who is elected or what the stripe and composition, the world will have changed. So it's important for them to put their new line in the sand, say, all right, all of these battles we've been having, they're behind us. Here's how we're all moving forward as Ontarians. And I think that would go a long way. I don't think they need to be as ambitious as they were, uh, but I think they do need to do a, a full reset. I'm, we got one minute before we have to take a break. Let me just throw this to you, Kelly. Um, if you were doing that and you were in charge of that speech, economically we're not in bad shape, although there's a deficit to address. What would you make the, the crown jewel? Health? I, I, I think you have to make the crown jewel health, but um, it, what it needs to be is the idea that we need to be more responsible with our tax dollars and how you spend them so that we can ensure that the health care that we have now in Ontario and the, and, and the education budgets we have now in Ontario will continue. Okay. And I believe that is the crown jewel of it. Okay. Kim Wright, Kelly Harris, our panel, CounterPoint Part 1. We'll be back in a couple of moments with CounterPoint Part 2. I am Peter Sherman. This is Global News Radio. Hey, no name-calling here. Just differing opinions going head-to-head. With CounterPoint. Counterpoint. Here's Alex Pearson on Global News Radio. Peter Sherman in for Alex Pearson, 833 on Global News Radio. Our panel for CounterPoint, Kim Wright, Principal at Wright Strategies, Kelly Harris, Principal at Harris Public Affairs, also a columnist and former Director of Legislative Affairs for the Ontario PC Party. So he's right in the thick of it these days. Uh, We've been talking about that, but I want to move over to federal politics because we don't have uh, all night on these things. And uh, it's Kelly's first panel, so we're going to give you a crack at this, Kelly. Uh, today, Ralph Goodale went public with a tape of a speech that Andrew Scheer, leader of the Conservative Party of Canada, made in 2005, 15 years ago, when he was uh, a wet-behind-the-ears 25-year-old. In the House of Commons. In the House of Commons. And uh, he said at the time that uh, they were debating um, same-sex marriage. You'll remember that great debate 15 years ago. He said the inherent quality of marriage... Uh, would be would be lacking if we were to go along with same-sex marriage. Does that matter when he's the leader of the party running to be Prime Minister of Canada in 2019, Kelly? I, th- I would go back to what he said about this issue, um, a- about this issue and other social issues that he's not going to reopen th- these debates. And for that matter, I'm, uh, I'm comfortable with that. I would also note that Ralph Goodale, 10 years pri- pre- prior to that, Voted against same-sex unions. That wasn't even marriage. So we'll we'll uh, note note that. But I'm sure that he doesn't want to show that tape on the uh, on his Twitter feed. Uh, uh, Peter, um, in 2003, I worked for the Attorney General of British Columbia, Jeff Plant. He was the second uh, government in Canada to uh, legalize same-sex marriage. It was a it was a month after the Ontario PCs legalized same-sex marriage. 
It's then almost every other government, save Alberta and I believe the Nunavut, had legalized same-sex marriage before Paul Martin and the Liberals got around to doing it. This issue is decided, and it should stay decided. Would I like it if Andrew Scheer would come out and say this issue is decided and should stay decided, and I'm and I would if I, the vote was before me today, I would vote to maintain it. I think it's more important that these votes are no longer needed and we move past this. This is this is the Liberals going to their base in the middle of August. So that's so probably, are they desperate? Well, from, I don't know if they're Sounds going desperate. to their base in the middle of August. I that I would call it desperate if you're not talking about trying to bring in new voters to your camp and you're just going after the ones that are going to vote for you already. So Kim, is this is this the same as the uh, allusion to Stephen Harper not necessarily being pro-choice and forcing Stephen Harper once upon a time to say, "Look, I'm not discussing that. This so, is not open for debate, and and the issue has been resolved." Is that what this is? So there's two parts to this. One, Ralph Goodell and the Liberals were trying to change the channel in SNC and shutting down the Ethics Commission. And all of that is, let's change the channel as fast as we can. Andrew Shears Explain change the channel for the listeners. So for the listeners, uh, the ethics commissioner has wrote his damning report saying that the prime minister absolutely overstepped and came pretty darn close to obstruction of justice when he attacked Judy, Jody Wilson-Raybould uh, in a repeated manner to get SNC off the hook. So moving forward to that, this damning report came out last week. The Ethics Committee at the House of Commons were voting whether to not to bring the Ethics Commissioner to to the committee to have his say. Uh, They shut that down as fast as they could. Moving away from that because, you know, transparency, ethics and all of that, uh, Ralph Goodale resurfaces this terrible speech by Andrew Scheer talking about the, the integrity of marriage and it's unethical if you're not procreating. That was 15 years ago, and I'll give you all that, except for he hasn't turned the conversation around. And I can tell you from, you know, some of my divorced friends, they'd have some issues around, you know, some of those definitions of marriage to begin with. And when my... Including divorced same-sex couples, by the way. Including divorced same-sex couples. My uh, my best friend Tom and his husband Darren have probably the best marriage I've ever seen in my life, and uh, I continue to applaud them for that. Uh, and and ultimately, yes, this shouldn't matter. Except for Andrew Shear has a has a consistent pattern of not denouncing those types of situations. And maybe he doesn't. Maybe he does, and maybe he doesn't still hold these things uh, to be true because lots of people have changed their minds on same sex marriage over the last fifteen years. I hope he has. And if you want to be the leader of this country and you want to be the leader of a G seven nation, especially what we're seeing around the world. He really has the opportunity to step up. This week, we saw Jim Watson, the mayor of Ottawa, come out of the closet after 40 years in public life. I read his column. It was magnificent. And I know Jim Watson, and I wrote him and congratulated him. And, he, and his comment was, please don't wait 40 years if you have to come out of the closet, but do it on your own time. He was lauded across Ottawa, around, around Canada. And when I was at the Association of Municipalities Conference in Ottawa this week, People couldn't be happier for him. Andrew Shear really does need to say something because there are a lot of people who are curious as to what his position is today. I think that, uh, and I'm going to throw this to uh, to Kelly, and I'm speaking as a conservative who, given that I don't think I can cast a vote for Trudeau, 
I'm I'm stuck with casting a vote for Sheer, and there are conservatives out there who are saying, "Oh, don't say that, Peter." But the <laughs> the fact the fact is that what Kim says is correct, and it's not particular to same sex marriage. I want more definition from Andrew Sheer. I want Andrew Sheer to say, "Here's who Andrew Sheer is, and here's what you're voting for." I want the vote that I cast to be not a vote against Trudeau. I want it to be a vote for a guy I really trust, Kelly. I, I don't disagree with you on, on that point, and I don't disagree with Kim on that point, and I certainly don't disagree with Kim that this is what we call an issues management. Don't look at that big, giant elephant, but look at this big, giant elephant. Um, yeah, and I, I would love it if Andrew Shear would get up and say, I grew up in a middle-class townhouse in Ottawa while my opponent was growing up in a mansion on 24 Sussex Drive. I would love it if he talked a little bit more about how he moved out west and, and and met his wife and they have a family together and he became the youngest speaker in the history of Canada and, and how he was an underdog, yet he became the, became the leader of the Conservative Party. I would love to hear all that sort I, of stuff. I would love to hear him say that on things like same-sex marriage, he has changed his perspective. Look, I, would, I, I agree. And, and, I, and, and, and that on was the Yellow Jackets... Uh, the yellow jacket folks and everything else. And the more Andrew Shear tries to avoid things like walking in a pride parade or even acknowledging it. Well, I accept that there are a number of people, my friends in the conservative party who, who have same sex partners, uh, Jamie Ellerton, who is a frequent contributor to this she's show. On this, she's on this panel. Had a wonderful wedding to his now husband, Dominic the other day. And there were lots of conservatives that were there. But the, if you're going to be the leader of our country, I want you to be the leader of our country. And that leadership requires him to step up and say who he is. I don't I don't think anybody on this panel disagrees with what you're saying. No, but Andrew Shear does. Well, you know, we don't know that. And I think I think that's the problem. And we could have a whole show on that. But I want to uh, hit something. We have about a minute, minute and a half max left. Um, male babysitter. <laughs> and, and this is in Alberta. It's, it's a little funny. I want to just lighten things up a bit. Male babysitter is now claiming gender discrimination after a dad in Alberta didn't hire him. Says it's because he's male. Now, I don't know if you have kids. I do not. You don't have kids, you and you don't have kids. No, I do not. Well, I have kids, I, I, but I they're have your nieces. age. I have lots of nieces and nephews, and I, I'm not sure I would have gone for Kijiji to get a, a sitter or ha- encourage That's people to do it, that. Yeah. Let's start with that. <laughs> Um, this isn't, this isn't about, this is, sounds like it's all about a whole bunch of other things, including this person's own personal perceptions of their own value. Uh, but at the end of the day, the dad decided not to take the babysitter off of Kijiji, who was a 28 year old trying to do a side hustle. That's his right. I I just think if you're looking, if you're either a, if you're a 28 year old male babysitter registering on Kijiji, that kind of yells creeper i i think it i think it would if i were if i were hiring and well there are lots of mannies male nannies out there and and i think it is perfectly and absolutely yes. respectable that is a very different thing than sticking up an ad on kijiji no i you know what i think we're going to end it there and i think you're totally right i was a babysitter when i was a kid but i wasn't 28 i wasn't trying to be a nanny i get 50 cents an hour back in the day and uh it ended when i was uh, probably 19 years old Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. What a joy to have Kelly on for the first time. That's Kelly Harris, Principal at Harris Public Affairs, and Kim Wright, Principal at Wright Strategies. We'll see you again uh, next week. I'll still be here. Fantastic. So we'll get that chance, and that's CounterPoint for this evening. I am Peter Sherman. This is Global News Radio. You're listening to On Point with Alex Pearson on Global News Radio.